Um, typically it was like, you know, foreplay is for the women so they can get ready. It's like, well, during foreplay, what's happening? Your testosterone levels are, are going up. Your blood flow is increasing. You're letting your body know that, hey, uh, it's just time to have sex. I'm excited to have with me today, Brian Ayers, AKA Uncle B. He has a really fun story as to why he likes to be called Uncle B, who is a sexual performance coach. And today we're going to be talking about fitness and sexuality and self-esteem and all of the kinds of things that have us thrive in our sex lives. So, yes. So, um, yeah, a sexual performance coach, I would love to start with just, you know, how did you get into the work that you do now with, with men, you work primarily with men. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Uh, very interesting story started a long time ago. Um, just happened to start with an aphrodisiac. Um, I had, um, my, um, former girlfriend at the time, she was from Liberia and we went to a Christmas party at her family's house and there was a root in a bottle. I was like, well, what is that? And I was like, well, that's an aphrodisiac. We were like, okay, poor. And the next morning, uh, we woke up in bed giving each other's high fives. So from there, uh, being entrepreneurial, it was like, okay, we have to share this with the world. Uh, went through the whole process, starting the process up and, um, we're doing quite well selling, you know, this aphrodisiac it's called African fly. You can check it out at Africanfly.com. But, um, the thing that I learned over time selling this was that, you know, it's a supplement and you're supposed to supplement the supplement, you know, there's other things you're supposed to be doing. So we had a lot of guys who were, Oh, this is great. This is the most wonderful thing. And then we had some other guys who was like, well, this doesn't work for me. It was like, well, hold up. How did that happen? And come to find out, you know, having conversations, doing surveys, talking with guys, um, they would do, you know, it's like, I, I took the aphrodisiac and then, you know, like, well, okay, well, are you healthy? And they would say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I eat healthy and question more on that. It's really not too healthy. Um, it was like, well, how's your sleep? Well, I get a good five hours of sleep. Well, that's not good enough. Um, uh, are you stressed out? Well, yes. You know, you just run down the list of things. And uh, I actually came up with the uh, sexual performance score, which is score from one to 10. 10 means everything works. You get morning erections, erections on demand, spontaneous erections. One being you need to go to the hospital. Um, come to find out most of the guys I was dealing with were between the five, six, and seven, which means you're just basically unreliable. Uh, out of seven, sometimes it will work. Um, six, it was like, whoa, uh, uh, it's sort of hard to tell when it'll work. At a five, it takes a lot of work to get things going. So over time, just picking up this information, it was like, well, I got it. You know, I'm learning it from these guys. I'm doing research for the blog. Um, and it just came to a point where it's like, look, I just really need to talk to guys and just give them the information they need so that, OK, you can take the supplement. But what else are you doing? And, you know, for some guys, you just need the piece of information You're, you've been, you know, uh, reali not realizing that, hey, you know, your testosterone forms while you sleep. So if you're getting just five hours of sleep, that's not going to work for you. Um, and, you know, if you're stressed out, your cortisol levels are up, then you're going to have issues there. And so um, over the years, <clears throat> created a blog um, and then took it to YouTube, did over 250 videos uh, on there. Very well received. Uh, we have like 150,000 subscribers. And so um it just makes sense. A lot of guys just don't know. So it's very interesting to me because as a man, you know, I, and I'm 50. So I've gone through the process. I've had African fly in my life since I was 25. So at 25, everything was fine. It just took it to another level. And then as you get older, it's like, well, I had the advantage of having this product and some information. So I was uh, skirting by as it were. Um, uh, 
And then you just hit a point where it's like where you hit uh, 40, 45 and, you know, that those advantages just just started disappearing. And I was like, hey, I'm the guy that knows all of this stuff. Uh, I'm taking it. What is going on? Um, and this was before I got into the really deep health side of it. Before it was just techniques and just certain things to learn. But once it became, as most things come, once it became personal, it was like, oh, I have to figure this out. <laughs> um, and as I was going through the process of figuring it out, I'm finding out, you know, just different other supplements you can take, just natural products, other things like that, uh, ways to improve your sleep, ways to deal with stress, meditation, um, ways to get into the present, and also just dealing with my body. You know, I hit uh, 285 pounds at five foot 10. That's not a good look. And, uh, you know, even through the process of dealing with COVID, not having COVID, but, uh, you know, just being locked down, I was like, okay, you have to take care of your body just in case you become exposed to it. And that just led me to like, well, I'm no longer 285. I dropped to, uh, this morning I was 221. So uh, looking to keep going down to 185, my college weight. And yeah, so that's, you know, the process of how I became a, a sexual performance coach. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff in there. I want to go back to the difference between an aphrodisiac and a sexual performance enhancer, because I think some people don't know that difference. Mm-hmm. My understanding is an aphrodisiac helps with libido, meaning, oh, I want to have sex, right? I want to have sex. Yes. And sexual performance enhancement, which can take a variety of, of forms, mm-hmm. is more like, I don't have a problem wanting sex. I want sex. <laughs> I have, right. I have libido and let's say I'm a man. I want to be able to get hard when I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be able to stay hard as long as I want to, I want to come when I want to, instead of, I don't really feel confident about my ability to get hard, stay hard, or I come too fast, or I have delayed ejaculation, which a lot of my clients have one of those going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to hear from you, a, whether I got that right about aphrodisiac versus enhancement and B, do you see a big pattern in who's coming to you and what, it, what are they, what is, what are they coming to you for? Is it, you know, which of those scenarios? Okay. Um, well, as far as the, the first question, aphrodisiac versus, uh, sexual enhancement, um, products typically well with, uh, African flies, uh, all natural liquid aphrodisiac. So it's liquid as compared to it's a tincture um, as compared to most other forms are in pill form. And because it's natural, it's doing two things. It increases your testosterone levels and it's increasing your blood flow. So these things are supposed to be happening with your body anyway. If you're taking this product, you're uh, just, it's, it's like a food product. If you're eating the right, we call it a, 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 a salad for your testosterone. It's just just healthy for you. Whereas typically if you go to the gas station, you're getting one of those, those types of pills, it's looking to do a specific thing, which is to get your, uh, uh, get you hard. And the way that it does that, the way that, um, Viagra does that is by canceling out a particular chemical in your body that's supposed to let the blood flow out. So just your natural, I'm just sitting here. I take this formula, take this pill and the blood is just naturally going to the penis and then it's not being allowed to go out. So you get an erection. So kind of like a valve, like we're closing off the, the yes. of the yes. valve. So it only goes one way and then the blood stays in there. Mm-hmm. And so if you kill that particular uh, chemical in your body too well, you end up with those three to four hour erections. And, you know, you hear people say, oh, I've got a three hour erection. That's great. No, it's not. You have to go to the hospital and they take a needle and they stick it in you and they pull the blood out. Yeah. That's not cute at all. <laughs> take a needle in your cock. Yes. Is it, okay. That sounds really bad. It is. It actually is. And what those products do, they don't actually deal with the actual issue, which is uh, the bursting and burning of testosterone is what fuels an erection. So if you don't have the testosterone, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're taking this product, it doesn't increase your testosterone. It doesn't change your blood flow. Um, well, it changes your blood flow by not allowing the blood, the blood to flow out. And so you end up with an artificial erection. And over the long term, the issue with that is that, well, you're dealing with two issues. Uh, over a period of time, it'll stop working. 
So you can take Viagra, you can take the gas station pills over a period of time. It'll stop working because you, one, haven't solved the original issue. And two, your body's going to adapt to it. Your body's going to really get Viagra at the gas station. No, 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 no. I'm just comparing the two because a a lot of the pills in the gas station actually have, um, unfortunately, uh, the the synthetic form, not the synthetic form, but, you know, they have a form of the the PDE uh, five uh, inhibitor that had that Viagra has. Okay. So you just end up with the uh, sort of like it's they're both doing the same thing. One is just prescribed by a doctor. Okay. I didn't know that. That's new information. Ah, and yeah. so um talk to me about the about African fly. So it mm-hmm. is a tincture. So you yes. put it in water or tea or just take it under yeah. or something. And then yes. is is it sort of something you take every day, or is it something that you take when you're like, I'd like to have sex later, you know, is it that kind Mm -hmm. of thing? And then how long does it take to take effect? And what does that mean? (laughs) All of that depends on your level of sexual health. So for guys, you know, if you're eight, nine or 10, you know, sort of question, why are you taking it? Uh, But, you know, (laughs) if you want to go to that, uh, take it to another level, I understand that if you're at a five, six or seven, then uh, if you're at a seven, then it can take you, uh, you take it within an hour you're going to move up to an eight, which means that you can perform uh, without a problem. Um, if you're at a six, it's going to take a little bit longer. If you're at a five, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. If you're below that, you're a one, two, three, four, then you really have to focus in on the other things first because your health is not where it needs to be. So, you know, it's um, giving vitamins to an old dying man isn't helpful. <laughs> We're not you're old and dying. I mean, yep. so what I'm appreciating about your perspective is it feels holistic, right? It feels like mm-hmm. you're a whole person with a whole host of things going on, your physical health, your mental health, you know, and, um, how much sleep you're getting, how stressed yes. out are you, what's happening in your relationships and all of that combines to, you know, for you, when you, I would imagine when you're talking to a man, you're helping him get to his rating right now, which mm-hmm. let's say that this man is at a four it doesn't mean he's going to stay at a four. The whole point is to make some adjustments and move up the scale. It's not a permanent stop on your sexual yes. health journey, right? Okay. So can you speak a little bit to, let's say, a guy who comes to you who um, is having trouble maintaining his erection? He can get hard, but he can't really stay hard. And mm-hmm. let's he he has premature ejaculation. That's a thing that happens for him when he's with a partner. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily happen when he's flying solo, but does happen with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, what kinds of things are you going to be asking him and how are you going to figure out kind of where he is on that scale? Okay. So um, I came up with a program. It's called um, ESEIS. That's uh, E-S-E-I-S. That stands for energy, sleep, exercise, intermittent fasting, and soul. So typically all the problems fit within those five areas. And you you need those five areas. If you're at a you're having issues, you need all five of those areas to be corrected. Um, And what most people think is that I can go take a pill. Well, in a holistic sense, it's really it's the pill doesn't change the fact of your pattern. So the easiest is looking at your pattern. So, of course, you sleep every day, you eat every day, you should be exercising or moving at some point every day and should be taking care of your um, your stress level, your soul. And so we go through and we just look at all of those, those things and find out which ones you can start correcting right away. For some guys, they don't even recognize that. Um, let's say for instance, for intermittent fasting, um, basically you're not eating for a good 16 hours and you have an eight hour window of eating. If you're consistently eating, especially if you're eating the wrong things, but, um, we grow up in a society that says that you should be able to, you know, eat what you want, go here. We have restaurants everywhere and there's meat everywhere. And all of that combines to uh, a cocktail of not a good cock. It doesn't work out well for you. So when you start figuring out that, okay, let's say for example, uh, in this case, the person is having a hard time just getting um, an erection. We go through all five of those and we start identifying what things are going on. Uh, one of the most important things is your your sleep. Uh, one of the other things, you know, some guys like um, they'll go overboard with the exercise. You can actually burn through your testosterone if you're say you're running too much. Um, you're doing something like uh, the insanity program 
uh, where guys you're just working out constantly. Um, if when you're working out, you need be you need to be working out for your goal. And so that goal should be for the formation of testosterone. And typically that's lifting heavier uh, that increases your testosterone levels and also doing high intensity interval training that increases your testosterone levels. And, um, and I love doing burpees. That's a, a completely different story, but uh, the, once you start figuring out these different things, you can start fixing that. And if you're taking, um, taking a supplement like African fly it's going to help in, all of those areas, uh, except for sleep. Uh, it is a stimulant. So we tell you, you know, you don't take it after uh, five in the evening unless you're going to have sex, because otherwise you it's a stimulant. You just told your body to be ready for sex and you're not having it. It's like, OK, I'm, I'm here. It's time to go to work. No, no. Everyone's going to sleep. Uh, that's going to keep you awake. And uh, that doesn't help you with your sleep. So. You know, it, it is like you said, it's a holistic approach. It is just looking at your patterns. So even with ECS, I turned it into a game. So it's called ECS 25. So you have five areas and you score yourself five points in each one of those areas. So you set yourself a goal in each area. So you look at where you are and you start improving. So if you're a person, it's like I can I can only get five hours of sleep. Okay, let's move it to six hours of sleep. You move it to six hours of sleep, you get five points. Uh let's say you're uh eating meat constantly, which does a variety of things to your uh, body. But what we're talking about, it does lower the blood flow into your, into your car. So you're running into that issue. So it's like, okay, now I need, I need to, I used to tell people, I, I used to eat 200 pieces to, I used to eat 200 animals a month, which is easy to do. You know, you have a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich, you know, in the morning, that's two animals. Um, you have a fish sandwich for lunch and then you have, um, you know, five wings and uh, shrimp fried rice. Uh, that's five, those animals. And then uh, how many of shrimp are inside of that? So you do that every day, 200 animals. It piles up inside of your body. Uh, your, uh, your cortisol is going up. Your cholesterol is going up. Everything is out of whack. So your challenge is to cut back on that. Maybe you take one, uh, one meal is vegan. One meal is, um, you know, plant-based. You start going in that direction. That's your challenge. So you have your energy, your energy challenge, excuse me. You have your energy challenge going on there. You have your sleep challenge. You have your exercise challenge, um, and your intermittent fasting challenge. So, and of course your soul challenge. So, um, doing the meditation, that's one of the areas that, a lot of people don't pay attention to um, in terms of how that affects you on the sexual level. Uh, when it comes to, and, and just to be clear, African fly does work for men and for women. Um, there is that difference, though. The difference just being that I call it the 80, 20 percent um, sexual performance rule for men and women. Um, for men, 80 percent is our physicality because we have a member that needs to move. 20 percent is your your mental state. And for women, it's the opposite is 80 percent is, well, how do you feel where 20 percent is as long as you have uh, lubrication, is no pain, then you should be ready to go. But if that 80 percent doesn't want to go, skip it. Um, and the exact same thing for guys, if that 20 percent isn't ready to go, uh, <laughs> it becomes problematic because um, it can overrule everything else because if you're stressed, your cortisol level goes up, your testosterone levels go down. Um, you know, we even dive into things like what we call partner erectile dysfunction, which is your partner stresses you out. Um, and it could be something that you're not even paying attention or she isn't paying attention to. You know, if you go to work and you're stressed out and you get home and the first thing you see is this person, and then you go to work and you get stressed out, you see this person, you have this pattern that I'm stressed and I see her and your mind is making this connection between, well, your stress and you seeing her, that she's the cause of the stress. And you, you didn't, wasn't on purpose. It's not necessarily something that she did, but unless you recognize that that's an issue, then it becomes a bigger issue. Um, so yeah, if you're going through and you're looking at all five of these areas, you're identifying your pattern and you're scoring yourself every day. That's the most important part because what most people do, they have their life on autopilot. And so you don't recognize that. Okay. Um, you know, for five days I was great. 
And then, you know, you hit Thursday and Friday, Thursday evening, you got something with the kids going on. So your sleep is thrown off Friday. Well, you have something with the fellas. And so your sleep is thrown off. And by the way, uh, because your sleep is thrown off, your ability to control yourself actually goes down. So you're, it's like now, you know, it's Saturday morning, you had Thursday, you had bad sleep, Friday, you had bad sleep, Saturday morning It's like, well, I'm having uh, honey nut Cheerios with the kids. And so, yeah, your testosterone level, it goes up while you sleep, your testosterone level goes up and it continues going up until you eat. One of the crazy things about our society is that we have breakfast that is the complete opposite of what you should be doing with your body first thing in the morning. So, uh, you know, if you have sugar, lowers your testosterone levels. And also, obviously, with the uh, the bacon and the eggs and the normal things that we think is fine to eat, you're you're basically destroying your your testosterone building as soon as you first thing in the morning. And then from there, your testosterone levels are going to be going down 20 percent anyway. So by the time you're ready to do something in the evening, uh, your testosterone levels are shot, never had a chance to form. And if you do this day after day after day, year after year after year, problems. If you start recognizing your pattern, you can say, oh, OK, that's what's going on. So now I can uh, Thursday night. OK, uh, kids, we're going to have to work something else out so that, you know, as soon as dad gets home, everybody gets to bed so I can go to bed. Um, fellas, uh, I'm going to have to cut it short because, you know, I have other things to go on, going on in my my life, like keeping my wife around. Uh, be helpful <laughs> for me not to hang out. And, uh, you know, Saturday night is supposed to be for us and it ends up not being what we want. So understanding your patterns is paramount to better sexual health. What I really like about that is it it feels like the goal isn't perfection. It's just moving the needle somewhat in these areas, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like you said, it's not going from five hours a night to, to nine hours of sleep a night. It's, can you go from five to six hours? Can you cut back on animals one meal out of three? Mm-hmm. Not, okay, you're going vegan. No, this isn't drastic, huge changes. It's small changes that add up to a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, do you have an example of a success story that jumps to mind of a man who made some of these shifts and then saw a difference? And and are a lot of the people that come to you partnered? Are they having sex on a regular basis with someone or are many of them single? Let's do the success story first and then we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, success story. So um, it's a gentleman I've known for a while, um, you know, uh, I said, I know for a while he's uh, gone through the phases. So before it was not a problem and then it became a problem. And so it was the, the process of going back and looking at what he was doing uh, on a regular basis. And what tends to happen um, is that people don't pay attention and they just think it's a normal part of aging. And so he was, you know, <laughs> with guys, it's always interesting. You know, they're like, don't want to talk about it. And then when you open up that box, it's like, you can't stop them from talking about it. And so, um, and so talking with them, you know, he would do things that were just like, uh, he would get coffee and put creamer in it and just load up on the sugar. And so you have a stimulant that's going to keep you awake at night and you have that sugar that's lowering your testosterone. And so he was, uh, and this all affects all parts of your life, obviously, because you had that much sugar in your body. Um, you're both at the same time, you get stimulated, you know, you're hyper and then you get depressed, especially with that level. So it was affecting his mental health as well. And so, okay, we're going to shift away from that. Um, he had, uh, a stressful marriage and I can't do anything about that, but I was pointing out that, you know, okay, you need to get into some serious meditation. Um, and because it's not just her, it's not just your situation It's also how you're reacting to it. So if you're calming down, your reactions are going to be better and it's going to help the situation some, but it's going to help you a lot. Um, and so we got that part going, his sleep was horrible because, you know, he was dealing with kids and, you know, um, that situation and, you know, Sleep is a difficult one for a lot of people. Obviously, it's like, well, I should be able to lay down and it just happens. Well, you know, if you're stressed out and, you know, a lot of people don't recognize that if you're looking at your electronics before you go to sleep, it stimulates, uh, it, it's like the sunlight. And so your body's 
the way the body works with with sleep is that you know in nature uh we sleep on the ground and we you know we're outside and you're just dealing with the sun the sun goes down you go down we're not nocturnal now we have lights on 24/7 we have the electronics etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. it is easy to get into the the Netflix trap, the TikTok trap, the, you know, you're just sitting here scrolling and everything. And so he was doing all of that. And so it was like, okay, let's start cutting that stuff out. And so, you know, when we're talking about where he was on a scale where he was about a good six and now he's sitting at a nine because he, it takes a while. And that's the reason why, as you pointed out, it's not a thing about getting to perfection. It's about how do you get this to be a normal part of your life that you don't even think about? So even for myself, um, and, and this applies to him also, but because he used to, you know, eat copious amounts of meat, even things that, you know, um, <laughs> he loved pork ribs and scrapple and things is like, why are you eating that? But anyway, um, you know, we got him to understand that, yeah, this is this is problematic. So he did made those changes also. And like I said, he went from a six. So now he's like an eight or a nine. And I tell guys, you can get um, uh, you can get to a 10, but that's when you're starting to hit like, well, you have to be uh, your pattern has to be tight. And we're talking about every day and the amount of time that it took for him to get from a six to a nine, I would say. Um, it was about a year and a half, about a year and a half. And the time that it takes to change is literally up to you, because if I've done this myself. Um, it's a part of my process that I'm going through right now because it took a while for me to go from eating 200 animals to not eating any animals at all. That is a huge jump. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a, a new year's, new year's Eve resolution where it's like, oh yeah, I'm not going to eat meat for a year or something like that. There's a, uh, uh, I'm just doing a, a show about this, your gut bacteria. This is very interesting. Your gut bacteria is formed to consume whatever you put into it. So in your, when you eat food, it goes through your stomach acid, the stuff that's there for you, your, your, your body will form bacteria to eat that. So you have a donut bacteria, you have your orange juice bacteria, you got your pork ribs bacteria. And so when you keep feeding it over years, it grows from, let's say, you know, uh, a small, a small colony to a huge superpowered nation. And so it is sending signals to your brain saying, Hey, you're supposed to eat some more. <laughs> you're supposed, we're, we're sending the signal. We want some more pork ribs. Um, however you get it, we don't care. Go, go. And so you're not only changing, your mind is being told by your stomach and we, uh, your stomach is actually your first brain. Um, and so your first brain is telling your second brain, Hey, go get some more. You know, it's like you, you know, look at a baby. Their first brain is saying, feed me. It doesn't, it, they'll grab carpet and just stuff it in their mouth because that's the first brain. It's, that's how you survive. And so you're not just going to switch off immediately. Uh, it takes some time to, to make that change. So it took me um, to, you know, I was at 47 when I started getting serious about this. And now at 50, um, I can't remember the last time I've had meat. And it, it's when I say it's normal, I don't think about it. Before, there was no way that you could tell me that uh, over here in you know, right outside of Washington, D.C., we have Carolina Kitchen with the greatest fried chicken. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, um, I think the last thing that I had was something that my mother made. And the interesting thing about the human body is that once you start clearing out, once you change that gut bacteria, it doesn't, you know, it shrinks that back to a small colony. And it's, you know, it's supposed to stay there because, hey, if there's no food to eat, then you're going to have to eat something and it shouldn't just immediately make you sick. You should be able to have something that's like, OK, with the small colony, you have some you got your prize chicken now. Go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and, and consume it so you don't you know get sick, throw it up, et cetera. But the issue is, is that you have to uh, uh, you have to pull back over time, just give your body time to adapt to it. Um, so that, you know, uh, if my mother makes something again, she doesn't cook as much as she used to. And she recognizes that I don't eat the way that I used to. Um, 
So, you know, if she does make something I want to eat, it, I, I can eat it. But it's just and it's not going to make me sick. But at the same time, I recognize that it can um, if I if I go overboard with it. So the human body is a fantastic machine. Well, I want to I won't call it a machine. It's a fantastic organism that you can use to your benefit. Um, you just need to have the right information. Unfortunately, we live in a society. This is the weird thing. We have a society that you have so much information you can learn. I mean, I learned by studying the Internet, talking to people, et cetera, et cetera, who are not in the room. Something that was impossible just, what, 20, 30 years ago. So we have all this information. But at the same time, we have lights that are constantly on. We have restaurants that are constantly open. We have um, stressors that have nothing to do with us. It's like I'm watching a war on the other side of the planet you weren't getting that much information just 50 years ago about wars anywhere. Um, you just was local. So our environment has changed greatly. Um, even to the point that just certain things that we take for granted, um, eating meat daily was impossible. Just, you know, the, uh, the farm, uh, the, the, industrial farm complex didn't start until roughly the 1960s. So before that, you weren't eating meat all the time. It wasn't available all the time. And if you think about it, um, the process, you know, a lot of times we say that, um, you know, our, our ancestors were hunter gatherers is it we're going the wrong direction. They were gatherers who hunted if there was nothing left, because, you know, if you think about it, if there's a colony of humans and they were eating the way that we did, then next to, the, you know, they, they dig everything up and got houses over here, pottery, some bones over here of humans. You would have a huge pile of chicken bones, a huge pile of cow bones <laughs> somewhere nearby because they didn't have trash trucks. They, they didn't you couldn't just take them somewhere. But the process of, of hunting and killing an animal at the rate that we consume animals is impossible, even down to sugar. Sugar is just roughly 400 years old. For humans before that, you know, there was in a way to in India 400 years ago, they discovered how to take uh, molasses and crystallize it into now you have that that sugar, very addictive to humans. Um, and then it gets spread around the world. So in our 2.5 million years of existence, if we scrunch that down to 100 years, uh, sugar has been around for like one millisecond. And so it's our sweet millisecond, though, it's such a sweet. You know, what else is interesting about sugar is it also suppresses the immune system. So, mm -hmm. and I just want to do a plug for, you know, some of these uh, interventions, I don't know what you'd call them, shifts can seem really intimidating, but mm -hmm. I started doing intermittent fasting, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, and it's not that bad, right? So mm -hmm. if you stop eating by 8 p.m., then I'm eating the next day at noon. And for someone like me, that's not a problem because I tend to wake up late and it, it was a lot easier than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. I know someone else who she eats, she stops eating at 5 PM and she starts eating at 10 AM because she's an early riser, right? She rises at six or seven. She's eating her first meal at 10. It's not as hard as, as you might think that it is. And mm -hmm. similar to what you said about, um, moving things, you know, incrementally, I wasn't doing IF, IF stands for intermittent fasting. I wasn't doing IF every single day. I was doing mm -hmm. IF probably three to four times a week. And I, now I probably do it five to six times a week, but mm -hmm. it, it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was interventions around screen time. For example, I know a lot of people that just put their phones on airplane mode, starting at 9 PM, mm, even right. do not disturb, because if you put your phone on, do not disturb it will halt the notifications. So when you mm -hmm. check the device, you won't see the three WhatsApps, the six texts, the every, the, all the things. And just that can reduce stimulation. So you, you can find a way that a lot of these things will work for you. That doesn't have to be, you changed your entire life around overnight. Oh, but yeah. as you've mentioned several times, they all add up. And particularly the sleep part, you know, in terms of mental health, I know there was a very famous psychologist who kept getting emails about people who had anxiety and depression, like pretty severe anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to work with this psychologist. And the psychologist wrote back and said, I want you to spend 90 days getting enough sleep 
exercising three times a week and then write to me in 90 days. And that person said, like 65 to 70% of people said, I feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm not in crisis. I don't, you know, it was so drastic, that level of difference. And so mental health and physical health, I still think that as a culture, we separate those pretty mm-hmm. drastically, but they go together so intimately. And all of the things that you're you're talking about, I'm curious, you know, for you, since you did do this yourself as well, did you notice any kind of mood shift or what happened with your kind of mental and emotional health as you were going through these I would say upgrades to your overall health. Oh, whew. Um, as far as the mental health, it's in, it's incredible. Um, I used to have what I called uh, <laughs> uh, daytime nightmares. So I, I don't know what was going on. Well, I mean, I do now, but <clears throat> and basically, you know, it was sort of like going to a, like a little quick nap, you know, you, you know, you get tired and you sort of zone off. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like, my brain was going through like 15 to 200 different television shows at the same time, just violence, 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 violence. Like, what is going on here? And, you know, I believe part of that was I'm eating, consuming animals who were experiencing death and, you know, things like that. And yeah, it still carries over into your body and it shows up in your brain. So that was going, that has stopped um, in terms of just clarity. Um, that's a huge piece of it because, you know, um, just having a business or just living life, period, you know, just to not need to function in a certain way in terms of like you're stressed about something. So, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you make a decision and that decision, you know, you make decisions 24 seven, basically, you know, even while you sleep, you know, some decision process is going on, uh, whether to turn over or not turn over. But while you're awake, it's like, OK, um, should I go? Um, I feel hungry. Should I go to the donut shop or should I go to the health food store? Um, well, if you don't have enough sleep, if you're already your your that um, <laughs> hamburger nation inside of your body is like go 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 get the food, go get the food. So you know things become actually easier. And even in studies when it, uh, when it comes to sleep, they've shown that because of the way technology is now, eighty percent of teenagers don't get enough sleep, and your score, your test scores dive significantly uh, if you don't have that. So if you think of that as an adult, you know, if you're a teenager, there's a developmental issue, the issue, but you're, you're being, you're developing your brain Um, as an adult, not only is your brain both developed, but it's fewer people to tell you no. So turning off the TV is like, I'm not going to tell me your time. I'm going to finish watching Vikings. If it takes me to 4 a.m. the next morning, um, and so if you're just constantly, if you're constantly not having enough sleep, you're constantly not having enough uh, of the right nutrients in your body. It's very subtle. It's extremely subtle because, you know, you, you don't wake up and, you know, if you, if you were, you're supposed to, I'm going to say supposed to get eight hours of sleep, every, everyone's individual, but, you know, you shouldn't be just getting four hours of sleep. So if you're getting, let's say you're work, working out, um, you do work up to your 100% of your potential. You do the great workout. Everything is great. And you get four hours of sleep. Then you've lost roughly half of what you did as far as the workout because your testosterone is not developing. You're not uh, uh, developing your muscles correctly, et cetera. When it comes to your brain, it's the exact same thing. But it's not like your body says, hey, you did this workout and it's not showing up the next day. You can see it. You can sort of feel it. But it's, you know, it's not you're not being dinged for it. Uh, when it comes to your intelligence, it's not like all of a sudden, well, yeah, here's a, a note on your forehead saying your IQ has gone down by 50 points since yesterday. Uh, it just happens. So it's a very subtle thing. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes it's hard to quantify exactly how much better you feel. Um, but if you throw in the meditation and the things like that, I mean, I often I used to question, why am I happy? Uh, because I wanted to make sure it happened again. And then <laughs> uh, because it was sort of like rare, I was just like, hmm, you know what? I feel really good today. I don't know why, am I, why am I feeling good? What's going on? I got to make this happen again. Um, but now it's, well, it's all the time. Uh, you know, it's well, even, you know, in stressful situations, it doesn't feel as stressful. And 
you don't hold on to it. That's another uh, product of not getting enough sleep from the mental uh, depression side of things. You will actually have worse thought processes. So that's the piece that ends up, uh, you know, giving you issues. So once again, you don't get enough sleep. Your intelligence goes down. Your body is performing the way it does. Your immune system goes down. All of these things add up to like, well, you're you're older, you're sicker, you're not as smart. Um, and this all happens overnight. Um, in fact, the World Health Organization has said that over um, night shift work is cancer causing. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's a huge it's a huge but subtle difference. And it, yeah, it sounds like your your mood has lifted overall on a consistent basis. So it's not, you know, one of the things that really impacted me from what you said was the five, six, and seven ratings. It's inconsistent, right? That sex, Mm. sexual performance is inconsistent, which is a stressor in and of itself. It's like, well, I don't know. Am I going to be able to get hard? Am I going to be able to stay hard? Am I going to be able to please her? Am I going to have a good time? Am I going to be able to come when I want to? Like all of that noise. And stress and and considerations makes sex more stressful than it than it could be slash arguably should be. And that mm-hmm. if you're single, let's say, can even affect. Well, do I even want to to find women to have sex with? Say you're a straight man or a man who has sex with women. That's all there. It's present. And if you don't feel confident about that, then the whole thing becomes stressful. And I think that's a fundamental difference, like you said, between men and women, right? People who have penises and people who have vulvas. I think those of us like me, I just can't empathize in a way with someone who has a penis. I don't have to quote unquote perform. Even that word feels stressful to me. I don't have to perform. And there's lots of sex acts that you can do besides intercourse. But I think that there is something deeply satisfying about that Mm -hmm. sex act for a lot of people. And it feels really good on both sides or it can. And so I do think it is something that, you know, I want my clients to be able to have, I want them to feel confident in bed. I want them to feel great about their sexual performance. And so I'm curious in terms of that area of your life, have you also noticed a shift as you've made these changes? Absolutely. Um, so once again, it's the it's the pattern. So uh, I did go through that phase of not knowing exactly what was going on. And, you know, it could have been, hey, you had a drink last night. Um, and as you get older, these things compound. So, you know, uh, you know, we uh, often talk about hitting the wall for for men. Uh, you know, you're going up from the age of 21 on at 21. You have your highest level of testosterone. And, you know, it, it starts going down by 1%, depending on what you're doing. And it can fluctuate day by day because you can be healthier or not as healthy. And so recognizing that, you know, as I got older and I don't drink now, but back then it was like, uh, you know, at one point I drank the night before and I recognized I drank the night before, then I wouldn't be able to perform the next day. And then getting older two nights before. Then it takes so uh, those your patterns can make a huge difference. And from the mental side of things is called spectatoring. Um, That's where you're uh, you're thinking about it all the time. So she's coming over, you know, you're uh, you've already had some some bad sexual performances and that's sitting in the back of your mind. And as soon as she walks through the door, it's like, hey, she's looking sexy. Why in her heart? Okay. Um, Hey, she's about to take her clothes off. Why not hard? Uh, hey, uh, well, let me walk into the, let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do, you're so caught up in trying to have your penis get hard. And it's like, well, the issue is that you're actually contributing to it by spectatoring. You're sitting there waiting for something that naturally flows. It's like your, you know, blood flow goes in and out of your penis at different rates all the time, even during sex. Um, so the lead up to sex, if you're just sitting here, I'm just spectating, I'm looking at it and trying to feel why isn't, why isn't, why isn't it in that heart now? The issue is that you're increasing your cortisol the entire time. So you're stressing yourself, your testosterone levels are going down. And the more you're going through this process, the, the worse it gets. So one of the great things about this piece of information is for most guys, once they recognize that and they stop doing it, 
then you have less of a problem. Your cortisol is going to be fine. Um, your cortisol levels is going to be where it's supposed to be. And if you recognize the different patterns that you're doing, you can stop doing it. So, you know, that was one of the reasons why it's like, well, I, you know, uh, drinking, uh, drinking never tasted good to me. It was just what everybody does. And then, you know, it's like, hold up, I can't have sex. Well, this has got to change. So uh, <laughs> makes a huge difference. So, um, and that's one of the funny things about um, having a YouTube and people in the comments section, someone was saying, uh, he's trying to, he's fooling you guys. He's trying to make you healthy by uh, focusing you in on your dick. Just like, yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> And you uh, aren't focusing just on that body part. I mean, you're, it's the, you're focusing on lots of other things. And I've, I've also had, um, experience with clients in in exactly that scenario with the spectatoring. mm -hmm. I remember working with one client who had, um, a newer partner and he, and he'd had mixed, uh, experiences, like you said, some really good, some not so good. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I want this to be more consistent. And I do, I get in my head, like, is it working? Is she having a good time? Why aren't I hard? What if I lose the erection I have now? Mm. All of that, the thought, thought mm. stuff. And part of the, part of the, what we talked about was when you start having those thoughts, a, a breathe, take a breath and mm -hmm. focus on her body. What do you find sexy about her right now in this moment? And mm. that really worked for him. And also kind of, yeah, focusing on feel, feel your hips, feel your legs, feel the your lower body parts, not just your cock, but just feel your lower body parts and taking that attention off of him and putting it onto, oh damn, like that is really hot. The way that she's moving or that, you know, body part on her really mm -hmm. helped him because the idea of like, well, just stop thinking about it. It's like, that wasn't working, but having something <laughs> else for him to focus on that was sexy mm -hmm. helped drastically. That was a big, that was a big yeah. shift for him. Yeah. So that, yeah, that spectatoring. I'm glad you named that because I've had a lot of clients that have named something like that. Yeah. And also, I always say uh, foreplay is for men. Um, typically, it was like, you know, foreplay is for the women so they can get ready. It's like, well, during foreplay, what's happening? Your testosterone levels are, are going up. Your blood flow is increasing. You're letting your body know that, hey, uh, it's just time to have sex. And, you know, once again, we live in a society that um, it 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 takes our focus in so many different ways. So, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, life was much harder than it is now. Uh, but it was a lot more focused because the hardness of your life made you focus on the fact that, oh, okay, well, if I'm having sex, well, you know, I'm going off to war or something like that and may not have it again. So you're way more focused. Uh, you know, there wasn't, a, uh, <laughs> there wasn't porn in your pocket. Uh, like there is now. There wasn't TV shows. There wasn't, you know, information coming, you know, stressors from, I mean, to sit there and watch people get upset with people who are not in the room is amazing to me. Um, and even seeing a, a, a family, I think it was a family reunion. Everyone was in the, in the hotel lobby, uh, had the same t-shirts on and all that great stuff. And from grandmothers to children, all of them were looking at their phones. It was like family reunion. You guys haven't seen each other. So we have so many things that distract us from not only taking care of ourselves, but uh, um, paying attention to each other. And so that thing that I said before about, you know, applying stress to someone that you actually love subconsciously, um, you know, and now you're not even communicating with this person while they're at the same in the same place. So you're uh, you're giving attention to other things. And then all of a sudden, well, okay, it's that time of the day, that time of the evening, we're just supposed to get together. And it's like, well, yeah, as, as a man, you need that for, it's for women too, but as a man, you need that foreplay to bring you back to the present. And that's the most important thing when it comes to having sex is that, I mean, you're literally in someone or someone, however you're living your life. But the point is, is that, you know, you're supposed to be paying attention to just this person, nothing else. No, um, you know, one of the issues with uh, guys watching too much porn, one, it does rewire your brain. Your brain is now, um, you know, it's your brain is very complex and simple at the same time. So it's like, hey, 
that thing that's on the screen. I want to do that. And so you're paying attention to this screen, this inanimate, and you're, you know, you're attaching feelings to your hand. And so you can uh, speed up, slow down. You know, it's not another human that you're dealing with. And so, you know, once you get into the bedroom and you're dealing with another human, your brain is like, well, especially the fact that, you know, <laughs> guys need to be careful when it comes to porn, especially nowadays, because you can literally within, I don't know, a year or two years of watching porn, see more women naked having sexual acts than you've seen women alive in your life. Which is insane. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, uh, it's, you know, for some people it's pleasurable at the same time. So you can fall into that trap. And now you're sort of stuck in this, this area of like, it's, I'm having sex with her, but I'm thinking about what I saw on the screen and I'm trying to put these two things together. So, and it's like, well, so you're not present. You're, you're checked out. Your, your brain is like, well, I don't, and, and that can lead to having um, erection issues because, you know, your you know obviously your brain your brain is part of the erection process. Also, it needs that stimulation. And if you're overstimulated, it's like, well, yeah, I like watching like five people having sex at the same time. It's like, well, no, 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 you're just here with the one. Yeah. Um, so and what are you going to do? I can also share that as a woman, I've definitely had sex with men, and I could feel the moment that they checked out. I could feel right; they were mm. present, we were having foreplay, it was going well, and then I could feel. Oh, he's mm. not really here anymore. I think he's watching porn in his head. I think there's a porn video going on that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask him because that felt really invasive. Yeah. <laughs> weird. But I could feel, I was like, oh, there's you. It was a very strange experience. So I, mm. I, I think there's also, in addition to, there can be erection issues. There can be connection issues when that's Absolutely. present. And, you know, I think one thing that's pretty obvious through this discussion is it's not any one thing. It's a combination of things and that's okay. It doesn't have to be an intimidating, overly, you know, dramatic, scary thing. Um, this is, as we've said before, it's not fixed. It's not written in stone. Anything mm -hmm. that has been done in this area can be undone. And there are men I know who've gone from couldn't have erections with a partner. They could have erections by themselves, could not have erections with a partner Two, They're having great partnered sex. So mm -hmm. it's, it's worth going here. It's worth going into. It's worth trying. It's Absolutely. worth you know, all of this stuff we're talking about. It is worth it. It does work. Sometimes it can take a while. Sometimes it can be a pretty quick shift. You know, I know men that have you know, limited or cut out their use of porn and they're seeing results within 14 to 21 days oh, yeah. their erections coming back. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a year and a half to three years, but it can be, and mm -hmm. you can be doing things incrementally all along the way, right? Because someone who's a four on that scale right now, at some point he's going to be five and then he's going to be six and then he's going to be seven. It's going to go up. So mm -hmm. he might not be at an eight right away, but it all makes a difference. The sleep makes a difference. The diet makes a difference. The intermittent fasting, the limiting porn. I would also throw in, you know, getting support if you're a survivor of sexual abuse or sexual assault. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of men in that category. It's much more common than we think that it is. And it's not a death sentence to your sex life. It doesn't have to be, this is everything that happened to me. It's a part of your past. And when you work with it and you metabolize that trauma, you can you can come out of that. So nothing is fixed. There is no, no one's broken <laughs> women yeah. or men. There's not, a, that's not a thing that's actually true. Everything is work withable. Um, yeah, I just want to say that's the reason for uh, with the ECS 25, that's the reason why I turn it into the game. Once you can start seeing your scores, if you're getting a 25 across the board over a period of time, it's fast. It's incredibly fast um, over the past. And I, I don't, like putting out my information and just because everyone's body is different, but I would just say that, um, you know, in my process of just losing weight, I know for a fact, if I'm hitting 25, five days in a row, I can drop like five pounds. I mean, I'm a heavier guy. So that's, you know, my body's different from everyone else's, but, you know, we're talking about, um, the hitting the intermittent fasting. So my pattern is, great night's sleep. I, I use a, a sleep eight mattress so I can score myself and you can use your, you know, smart, smart watch. But, um, my sleep score was like 80% or above. 
Then I'm intermittent fasting until like a good one or two o'clock. Um, I'm doing a burpee workout. So, you know, I'm getting a really good workout every time. And, <clears throat> you know, um, plant-based eating. If I'm hitting my, tw- if I'm hitting a 25, it is incredibly fast. So, um, you know, it, it has to be that, let me say has to be, you just need that combination. And once you have the right information, especially when we're talking about spectatoring and, you know, you having to help things like that, you have a support group, you can, you can overcome just a person in my comment section today of a video we just released 500 pounds, diabetic, lost 265 pounds, not a problem at all anymore. So wow, it can happen. Now, now mind you, he, uh, this was, took him time to lose that, you know, 265 pounds, but th- I mean, you can do it. So don't, like you said, it's not, um, a, the vast majority of issues are overcomable. The only issue is that father time is undefeated. So the longer you wait to make changes, the harder it becomes. You can still make those changes, but you know, if you think it's drastic, the way that I live my lifestyle compared to what I was doing before, if I was 65, it'd have to be even tighter when we were talking about a longer period of time. So uh, for those guys who are wondering when you should start yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. So um, as we start to wrap here, I'd love to know sort of how people can find you and your work and, you know, what you find the most inspiring about working with, with men on this issue, because I would imagine it's incredibly satisfying to hear from guys that say, I had great sex with my woman last night and it was, we had a great time or is it that, or is it, I feel more in control of my erection now. I don't feel as anxious about it. I finally feel like I've got this dialed. Like what, what do you find inspiring about your work and where can people find you? Sure. Uh, first thing on YouTube, that's where, uh, I have most of my work. Um, so you can go to just, uh, Google Brian Ayers, B-R-I-A-N-A-Y-E-R-S, not Google, YouTube, um, that Brian Ayers 23, as in Michael Jordan, as in LeBron James, um, Brian Ayers 23. And um, as far as that, the other question, we get a huge range of it. So, you know, we're dealing with hundreds of guys and there are everything um, from guys who, like I said, you know, um, there was one guy who, was abusing steroids when he was younger. It hadn't had an erection in 30 years. And yeah, now he has his erections back. Uh, a guy who, uh, older gentleman, he uh, was having the issues with his erections, wasn't sure if he was going to propose uh, to his girlfriend. Now they're happily married in the Philippines. So their success story after success story after success story. And for me, um, you know, I just get a, a, a thrill out of it. It's, uh, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of thanks. So that's very, you know, I, I, I like that. But, you know, one of the things that inspired me early on was the fact that just recognizing how we got into this trap of being the magical pill society. Um, I had a grandmother, she did a slip and fall. She went into the hospital on two drugs, came out on 22 drugs. Uh, we did the research and come to find out she needed to be on half of those drugs because they were doubling up because they weren't talking about what she was eating. In fact, what really pissed me off was the doctor said, you can eat whatever you want. And I was 22 at the time. I was like, I can't eat whatever I want. How are you going to tell her while she's taking all these medications to eat more food so she can take more of the medications? Something is wrong. So um, getting guys to, you know, uh, avoid the the gas station pills, avoid pills, period. Um, um, I don't have a... I always say this, I don't have a problem with the medical industry when it is necessary. If I'm in a car accident, IV me up, give me whatever ibuprofen, whatever. Um, But I don't want to stay on it. And so the goal here is to get you into a natural state where uh, we're in an unnatural state. We live in an unnatural situation. This is all brand new to the human um, process. So the more you get into a natural state, where you can just live your life normally, not think about eating crazy, not think about, you know, not being addicted to sugar or lack of sleep or other things that don't help. Um, The more you get better at it, the easier your life is going to be, the more satisfied I am. I think that's a great place to wrap. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, Great, great. This has been wonderful. Thank you so very much. Yes. Thanks for coming on. 
Hey, just a quick note that in addition to sexual performance, there are also some pretty important things to know if you are a man who has sex with women. And in case you haven't checked it out, I have a streaming course called Please Her in Bed, which is all about my own original sex research on what makes a man great in bed according to over a thousand women. So if you're interested in that, you can go to pleaseherinbed.com. The course is $97, but if you use code DEAR MEN, that's all one word, DEAR MEN, you can get it for 69 